Welcome back to another episode of Pitching In, the final nail in the podcast format's coffin. This week I'm joined by Carl. Hello. And not joined by Jeremy, who's currently negotiating the release of Al Sharif Kumar in the Hindu Kush. Uh, Carl. I wish him the best. Ah, yeah, very much so. It's a, mm. definitely an uphill battle for. I think everyone understands the geopolitical ramifications of this uh, release. So probably not even worth getting into. It's that obvious. <laughs> well, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it definitely needs a little lucky and get. Looks like it's just the two of us then. Nice. It's just the way I like it. This is what I prefer as well. Uh, There's no the way Jeremy had... would ever hear this, is there? No, no, I don't oh, think... I fucking hate the man. I'm do so you listen to these episodes? Uh, I don't. It would be sad to admit that, wouldn't it? Yeah, you'd have I to guess not, really be hitting rock yeah. bottom to admit you watch this podcast. Yeah. yeah. Or listen to it, rather. Yeah. Uh, so, I guess we'll get into it. Uh, what have you got for us this week, Carl? Yeah, okay. So, this week, you know, there's not much going around... Along, around. Not much going on, I guess, is what I should be saying in my in my brain. Bit of a mm. slow one, but uh, I started thinking about those those like <laughs> customer interactions where it, it could really be played from either side. But we've both worked sales, and we both know like you know just there's so many like I cannot believe this just fucking happened. Or there's like you know working the service desk in IT, which we've both done, and that's like some people are so fucking unbelievably stupid. And I just wanted, I was thinking about like how you could frame up those situations in a show and keep it entertaining. A few shows have done it. We've, uh, I think we've both watched Rostered On, which, you know, was a, uh, was yeah. a halfway decent show, I think is the best way to. I think it's got potential, but the execution is disastrously poor. Yeah, exactly. Halfway there. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, I think a show where you, if you can just get the right framework so that it's short and sweet enough, it's essentially sketch comedy. Uh, then you could get some of these situations going, not because they're amazingly funny, but just because you don't need to... Like, sketch comedy is kind of its own gimmick, and if you could, like, frame this up kind of in a sketch comedy way, it would, it would kind of work. And I thought, I wouldn't mind, like, a Twilight Zone complete ripoff that's just, like, sketching <laughs> those interactions and, like, the, the extra level... Because, obviously, you don't just want to just be showing these shitty interactions on camera. You want them amped up a bit for caricature comedy and you need like an extra layer there. And the extra layer comes from the um, the narrator who's like really sticky Twilight Zone. Like, we're entering a store. Like it's a store that's uh, <laughs> in a shitty part of town. You know, blah, 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 blah. It's totally like possible it. that you've entered and then we'd have a name for it that I should have thought of before now. <laughs> and this yeah. is this would be the part Jeremy usually took care of for us. Yeah, exactly. I was yeah. wondering what he did. <laughs> I'm starting to I'm starting to realize that it would have taken us 20 minutes to get to this point if he was here, and we would have had some well, some more real true. comedy along the way. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. I uh, I like that if your if your goal is to have the narrator sort of set up and explain this alternate universe in which people work to rich people who don't understand. Yeah. yeah desperation that leads you to actually taking of. a job there. Yeah. yeah, that's it's really like good. imagine even be your like a car does not work, and you need money to eat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, That's actually not bad. You, can you need to go to get groceries, and you realize you don't have a maid. It's entirely possible that you're not rich. A <laughs> <laughs> landlord's yeah, really. called you up, and he said that he expects rent this month. You don't own <laughs> your own house. <laughs> Yeah, we, we really just nail it in. It's like, this is what it's like just being an average person who has to fucking work a shitty job. Just set up those kind of things. This is starting to form yeah. more and more as I think about it. Yeah, I really like it. And um, That's yeah. not bad. Like, it's You have to sort of set up the, this, 
the explanation as to why someone would sit through such degrading, humiliating conversations with yeah. other people. I think it's what my, you do too is like you make the main character because like the Twilight Zone was I really haven't seen enough to actually talk about it like I know it but it's my understanding anyway that the Twilight Zone is like you know the or at least some of the time the main character is out of place you know like he's he's kind of got the same opinion as the viewer and if your narrator is saying isn't it crazy that you don't have a mansion and you have to go work a job then in theory your main <laughs> character would be kind of like that as well like he's kind yeah. of realizing <laughs> as he's there it's like you know like he actually goes to call his dad to get a $500,000 loan so he can get this house. But then he realizes that he's poor. His parents are poor. Oh shit. And he's like, he's realizing it along with everyone else. It's like, that's not bad. as like a freaky Friday style situation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and not but, like entirely, Oh, how am I here? But just like, Oh, that's right. I'm poor. Kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> that's not bad. I was thinking with the Freaky Friday idea, you can totally make a trailer where it just seems like a happy-go-lucky Disney movie where it's like, he's rich and she's poor. What happens when they change bodies for a year? And it's like, then it's just like a very scathing critique of capitalism. And, yeah. Uh, you and know, the one, like the, the one who's in the rich body so like is, is loves it and the one who gets, gets transferred into the poor person's life just dies within like a month. Is just like yeah, absolutely miserable. Like ends up yeah. doing crack and things like that. <laughs> That's um, yeah. I think that would work. <laughs> yeah, I just think like I using Twilight good. Zone to just highlight things that are kind of darkly humorous in their own like. I mean, there's inequality. That's there's that one, and there's just shitty situations that we have to deal with. That's another one. I just think it's a really handy kind of pocket framework that you can just whip out and like set up for just about any kind of. Yeah, you can get not not that you can get lazy, but like you know, you can get away with like, ah, that's a funny situation, but I don't have a way to make it work. Let's Twilight Zone that motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good point. There's definitely like a lot of ways uh, to exploit that idea. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, was also thinking, I like you know, it. Yeah. If I can just like go st- jump yeah, yeah, straight into a second one. Um, go for it. I thought this one's not very fleshed out, but I was thinking about like a movie or a show probably. Something kind of, um, I don't know, there's like, there's, there's, there's the newsroom, oh, that's, that's actually not a very good example, some kind of power fantasy-esque show where your main character is, comes into control of an ad company, but instead of like yeah. your madman where they're just trying to like, you know, it's just about their lives or whatever, uh, he tries to change the world through like, um, subtle ad, ad, uh, what do you call it, um, when it's like I don't know <laughs> advertisements. Like, yeah, what? No, what's the word? Picture. When it's like you don't know what's happening. Like you watch something and it's got subliminal. Messages. Subliminal, thank you. Subliminal messaging and that kind of thing. Uh, but I haven't I decided what he's trying. What? <laughs> I haven't uh, decided what he's trying to do yet. Just, like, just quickly, um, we should we should edit this podcast so that I'd never say subliminal, yeah. and that way you just kind of agree. Um, Although now I'm realizing that people will then eventually listen to this bit yeah. and then know what's happened. It's so funny you say that because now I'm realizing that when people listen to that bit, uh, this is just a never-ending loop. Yeah, this is not very good. Good yeah. bit either. Let's no. uh, let's keep going. But anyway, some guy takes over bit, his though. father's. Yeah, so he's like he's got control of the ad yeah. company, and uh, I don't know what he's trying, what goal he's trying to achieve yet. Um, the first thing that came to mind was because uh, I was watching Rick and Morty and like. There's an episode where one of them wishes that incest porn was more uh, mainstream. And I'm like, wouldn't it be funny if he like wants incest porn to be more mainstream? So he starts to use his advertisement company to try and influence an entire nation into thinking that it's okay. Um, 
I think there's definitely going to be a better goal than that because it's just too shitty. Probably, but yeah. uh, but you know what? Like that that kind of paints the picture I'm trying to go with, I guess. I think you've accidentally stumbled upon a very good idea here. Yeah, the, I think the the movie or TV show, whatever you want to make it, is actually about Rupert Murdoch dying and his son taking. Yeah, over, well, that, that's that's kind of fictional where, where son. It was spawning. Yeah, yeah, but like his fictional son takes over and is just like absolutely hates what his father has done with yeah. his power. So he's doing because it as a they force now, for good. Yeah, exactly. And he turns yeah. it around and he's like, okay, Fox News is now going to be like the news. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's like, it's like he gets Aaron Sorkin in there and they turn it into the newsroom. Yeah. Like it becomes the name in news. For that could definitely Unbiased, work. objective opinions. I thought um, of that. You could definitely internet. slot in the incest thing if you like. Yeah, well, I'm not too attached to incest, so to speak. Um, but no, I thought about like <laughs> using it as a force for good and dismantling it. The only thing that turned me against that was uh, like a, like uh, the the goodness that he would then be like fighting for is what all the ads and news and just about everybody in the world is pretending to be anyway. So I feel like it would be difficult. Uh, you know, I feel like if you get in control and what you want to do is like just make it good, it, that's kind of, uh, you just remove the bad. I'm not like, there seems to be a little <laughs> bit more complexity to it, which I think is probably doable. That's, that's just the fair. reason I didn't, I didn't think of it. Uh, the reason I didn't go with like, immediately go with he wants to be a good person or make his company a good company yeah plus it's not believable but <laughs> Hell, there i don't that. mind the idea what about instead it's like um you know 30 rock how the the daughter takes over as ceo of fucking general electric and she's yeah, like yeah special needs and yeah. like the the company lawyer I is now the hand washing yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly just have that instead maybe and you could just do it as like a what's the the west wing style show yeah um, where it like follows like the producers and the on-air talent uh, i guess newsroom then anyway uh but they're sort of running around like trying to trying to accidentally do correct things i guess yeah while this insane ceo is dictating that there must be like a llama as the weatherman <laughs> you know and he's gonna find uh, a way to make that work or something yeah or, like, i think i think that's good enough show that you yeah can yeah that's definitely four a good enough show title. I think I don't I don't see a way to like do that without making it a completely different thing and then, and then it's just the bumbling idiot CEO and the guy trying to make it all okay which is like a great show in its own right um, but I think you'd struggle to get the trying to change the world aspect in there uh, which again is fine but I feel like, I feel like those are two different shows I don't know if you could merge those yeah. properly Look, that's fair. I guess in my head it was like the producers are trying to do good and now that they oh, have yeah, like yeah. actual leeway point. because they don't have like, you know, the Iron Hawk of Rupert Murdoch watching every move they make, yeah. they can actually like slip in like, oh, the US just spent $1 trillion on nuclear warheads. Probably not the best idea while yeah. our economy is crumbling and our schools are bankrupt. No, that's a good but point. Really I guess if you lean, you know. yeah, lean more into the, into the goodness, I guess I wasn't thinking, thinking of that as well. But uh, yeah. yeah, no, that's quite good. Trying to make it right, you know, they've appointed a Trump-esque kind of character, or you know, trying to like outwit them to make it good. I like that. I do. Yeah, I think that could work. Yeah, but yeah, yeah that's, that's pretty, pretty solid pitches. Me, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I like them. I like uh, I like the Twilight Zone one because there's, yeah. there's plenty of room there to have fun. Yeah, um, and I just love doing Twilight Zone voice. Like that's just entertaining. <laughs> like I could sit in a room the alone and door. make myself laugh with that. Yeah. It's possible that you've I love that. I, I like the idea, like, um, I don't know, like recently there's been memes floating around where it's like 
when you look at modern society from the perspective of our ancient ancestors who were like eating berries in the woods and not knowing if they were poisonous or not but it's like sure they had shit lives but they really did whatever they liked and now like mm. if you're trying to explain to them why i have to be angry about a newspaper editor is <laughs> it's very difficult to understand and it's like it's incredibly <laughs> contrived society that we found ourselves in yeah. which is good and bad obviously it's, but yeah. it the twilight zone is maybe a way to reach them that's really good yeah get back to that roots and um this is a bit it's not directly related but it reminds me of uh something that somebody said on a, on a podcast that's almost as successful as ours uh, i think it was nick mullen of Comtown, and he was like imagine <laughs> if you went back in time uh, and you said to somebody there's this tablet full of words um, that you essentially like quasi have to like it's it's quasi mandatory that you stare at this tablet for eight hours a day and they'd be like oh that sounds fucking horrible and you'd be like no but don't worry there's words on it that make you angry <laughs> uh, just like the bizarrety of concepts like that is i think it'd be really good yeah twilight uh, zone's pushing too hard to go like into the into the supernatural and it's like no the ridiculous things are right there in front of you (laughs) that's why twilight zone is so easy to parody (laughs) yeah it's like you know so the trains it's going either like no matter what you do like you're on it you're off it you're boycotting it doesn't matter the train is going from a to b but you can't get on it unless you pay it's like, but if it's going anyway, what does it matter? It's like, no, 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 no. no you know, undoing the fabric of society. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. So good. definitely plenty of that. Oh, that's good stuff. What, what's the what's the name of that you've got there? Ah, oh, shit. Uh, you've got to make right. up one. Yeah, We're not leaving so this section of the podcast. For the Twilight Zone thing. Let me think about this. The elements are originally it was like uh, customer service, um, kind of centered. But I don't have anything for that either. But now it's like it's become so much more. It's um, it really has opened up for us. Yeah, like my head kind of goes to like calling it the regular zone or something because it's talking about the real world. But I just feel like <laughs> it's it's just not a very funny or good name. Like um, I don't know, fucking the 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 uh, you could the be in the like studio that. apartment. <laughs> yeah, the middle you know? class. Oh, no, like so many <laughs> yeah, things I want to only work in that in that voice, and you can't infer yeah. the voice in the title all the time. No, that's true. Mm, right, um, we got that one. I guess we'll have to come back to that later. Maybe yeah. someone can uh, post their ideas for the the uh, the name on yeah. our Facebook page, or probably message us directly since you know us most likely if you're listening to this anyway. Um. Yeah, good stuff. I guess uh, now we'll have to cut to one of our sponsors, Mm. uh, which is pretty exciting that we've finally got sponsors. I think it's a good one Um, this week. I betcha. Uh, Stick around for a quick word from them. You've probably been hearing quite a few things about the new Ministry for Truth, but we thought we'd come out of the gate swinging and set some things straight for you. From July 30th, all statements made that claim any fact is true are now considered binding, with intentional lies drawing heavy penalties. This means that when Kieran on Facebook tells you that birds aren't real, you can lodge a complaint with your local justice of the truth to have that claim investigated. And if someone at the pub calls you ugly, our new fact checker hotline can come to the rescue, get to the bottom of just how much of an uggo you really are. So remember, before you say something, Think first, and make sure you have an annotated log of the evidence you have before you open your fucking mouth. This message brought to you by the Ministry of Truth, Camera. Oof, that was powerful stuff. Mm. I, uh, I know I'm excited. I laughed. I cried. It really moved me. Mm. Yeah, 
pretty pretty wild stuff. Pretty lucky to have sponsors like that. Bring us back down sure. from that dizzying high um, to, to something to a bit back. more grounded in reality. Nicholas, uh, what have you got for us this week? Uh, yeah, okay. So, look, I'm a, I'm a big, big, big fan of disaster movies. Like mm. 2012, Day After Tomorrow, Independence Day obviously being the big one, mm. um, Deep Impact. Uh, I'll bet. The core probably being the worst yes. one. This oh. is not not super relevant, but that's, holy shit, it's a disaster. Yeah, that's, that's something. Yeah. Is Even that, being high, that doesn't save that movie. Is that the one with the scrawny hacker kid who like in the in the like interview scene where they're building the crew, he gets the guy long distance calls for life by like whistling into a pack of gum or something? <laughs> or That's that exactly the movie? kind of shit I expected. <laughs> It's been so long since I've seen it. If it's not that, anybody who has seen that movie and hasn't seen the one I'm talking about is going to think that sounds fucking insane. Okay, the dumbest part I remember, the only part I remember, is when they're like drilling through to the center of the world and they're like in the molten lava section of the earth. Yeah, of course. And there's dolphins in there, I think. Is there? I think there was the magma dolphins. What? It was either either that or giant diamond asteroids. Um, But... They were able to move through them. That's there was a pretty some, big chasm. Yeah, I, I, get, <laughs> I get it's not the difference between like a blue or a yeah, brown. Yeah, I thought bat. you were going to say like, oh, they were dolphins <laughs> or they were maybe sharks or whales. But, uh, no, that was, I don't know. I was hard when I watched it. It was yeah, bad. Of course. Despite the call, I am still very, no, very keen on disaster movies. Yeah, uh, and there's actually a, uh, there's a new movie coming out that I'm super excited for. And this is, Kind of off the track here a little bit, but That's the right. movie's called Moonfall, and it's about the moon crashing into Earth and a ragtag bunch of scientists and engineers and blah, blah, blahs having to rescue the planet. And apparently the moon is not what we expected it to be. So I think that comes out in October, and I'm yeah, you seem to rush off that concept away. a little bit, but wouldn't so that be exciting. terrifying, honestly? Like, if the moon was coming, I'd be scared. And if oh, it yeah, wasn't 100%. what we thought it was, like, I thought we knew what the moon was. It'd be fucking... World shattering, quite literally, and then metaphorically. Whoa, whoa. deep. Uh, look, honestly, for me, the the moon crashing into the Earth would have been enough for me. But I'll, <laughs> you know, I'll see how it goes in October when it comes out. Nice. Um, but anyway, what I want my pitch this week is about one of those situations, like a giant asteroid coming to Earth, which is probably the more reasonable one, or global warming, giant hurricane, earthquake, whatever you want to do. Um, Let's say asteroid though, and the asteroids come to Earth, and you're kind of coming into this movie like in the third act of a regular disaster movie, and everyone's like riding on the street. Everyone's just trying to like slit throats to get their family safe inside of the you know giant government-made bunkers that are going to save all the rich people. Mm. Um, and you know our hero like luckily just manages to get in there after like pleading with a empathetic security guard, and they get inside and they like bunker down, and then. You see the meteor just like miss planet Earth. Yeah, I thought it was uh, like where you going. I'm really liking it. Yeah, yeah, right. And then you kind of, I, I see it as a TV show because I think it could be really well shot as a TV show and like cheaply, but also like good, um, which is a terrible way to describe it, but whatever. I'm with you. And then the rest of the story sort of follows all these people coming out of the bunkers and realizing that the planet yeah. has just been skull fucked by like, themselves. I killed orphans like, to get in here. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right? And, yeah, like, everything is destroyed. No one's, like, coming to work tomorrow, you know, because everyone's (laughs) gone fucking, like, rioting, looting, uh, like, selling off their fucking house in order to get a a card across the fucking state to a bunker that they think might be there, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, And I want to see, like, that 
situation evolve as people have to put the pieces of society back together. And nothing's really, like, destroyed. Like, we still have... No one went and blew up the infrastructure. like a reactor. Yeah. The infrastructure's, like, there, right? It's just all the people behind the infrastructure isn't there. And, like, yeah. the social control's not there. Um, and it's kind of, like, follows the survivors having to put society back together um, after this. And after all the rich people likely absolutely fucked everyone and <laughs> hid in bunkers and wouldn't let anyone else in. Bezos uh, has got, like, a fucking 20-story tall, like, cybernetic bunker moving bunker that's like also a mech yeah. and he's running around in it and then he realizes <laughs> yeah how much of a cunt he is musk like yeah. fucked off to mars solitarily with like grimes and maybe a, a harem or something really really like, not cool. <laughs> yeah yeah that's fucking yeah. beautiful that really is and it's like because you never get a sequel to a disaster movie except no. independence day 2 which was not very good but was also just essentially the same thing again is that like, like the, to, the more recent to one? move yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, resurgence, I think it was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, having like showing the effects because in those disaster movies, it loves to be about like, oh, this like smart, this like you know hunky jock who mm. doesn't care about other people, and like this smart but timid scientist, and this working class bartender, and blah blah blah. And it's about mom. it's always about always a single mom, always yeah. a dog, always a kid. Uh, and it's like about people all coming together to face this crisis because after all with this like it's existential like threat surviving coming isn't us, worth we're losing one. our humanity well it's more about like now that we all have a common threat we we realize right, that there isn't really enough. that much separating us from each other yeah. and we are one people but this is kind of the opposite of that because that threat is now over yeah and it has shown saw how that, yeah, no, completely like... different this has made all of us <laughs> yeah. and how everyone else has reacted. Um, it was zero aid yeah. for anybody who didn't have enough, you know, whatever the fuck. I was going to say money, but who even knows? Bottle caps, maybe. Yeah, and it's not just that. Like, at, like at family level, people could have, like, I'm sorry, like, Carl, man, there's not enough space in the car. Yeah, we can only uh, take our favourite Me and Jesse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Like, tons of stuff like that, man. Like, on the psyche, this would be massive for, for I'd, I'd also be very excited. Like, you get those characters that are, like, really zen about it, and they're like, no, you go. It's like, all right, it's all right. I've had a, a long, full life. You take the car that I was going to take. I'm just going to yeah. sit here and die peacefully. And then, like, you know, you cut to, like, just after it doesn't happen, and they're, like, I'm just so fucking arrogant about it. And they're, like, they're the new, like, kind of quasi-kings, and everyone's going to be, like, yeah, look, you were, you were cool, and I fucking stole your Jeep or whatever the fuck. <laughs> I, I, see, I, I do like that. Um, I like maybe the show starting with, like, three sets of people, like the bunker people and yeah. how their society evolves, and, like, the the partiers who were just like well we're all gonna die Peter like where are you getting yep. drunk yeah exactly and then like the the zen people like you just said who were like hanging out in hospitals with people who could, who were never going to escape and like, yeah come, yeah the guys stuck anyway. yeah yeah and sort of see how all of this evolves and i think you can get like a kind of a game of thrones style thing going <laughs> where like well because like yeah, someone no, could take over wrong. the power plant like imagine yeah. like there's like a power plant in your city and it, that's the only way power is getting to anything in that city yeah. and they control all of that but someone else controls the water and it's like no one's going out and digging a well when you have a giant hydroelectric fucking yeah, dam nearby. Yeah. you know what I mean it's really got um, me thinking about like how far back would it set us if there was an apocalypse that didn't happen because like yeah. I mean you've already gone over it all but yeah nothing actually happened but it could really jump you back like 300 years in terms of what your society is now capable of doing. 
Yeah, right. And like all the stuff would still be there. Like no one's, there's not going to be a fucking like rocket program after that, right? Like (laughs) like, next Monday, they're not still going to launch the fucking, you know, Hubble telescope V2 or whatever. Um, That's, that's gone, man. Like you can't get screws anymore. (laughs) You know what I mean? You got to get some screw people. (laughs) Well, if they'll let you. Yeah. so yeah, I think I think it also taps into like an anxiety our generation has, where if we're going to survive, fine. But if we're going to die, that's also fine. But don't make me work to survive. Like I don't want to have like the threat of imminent death. You know, just miss me. <laughs> I could have been out. You know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> don't make me work to die, or like you know, yeah, like the futility of um of expecting the death and then it just yeah completely whiffing yeah yeah and that's kind of like i think a lot of people would look forward to it (laughs) like well you know i can't do anything about this i'm not showing up to work tomorrow i'll tell you that we're all going out next week i'm gonna not a chance chill out play some fucking dota yeah and i think i think this is topical because we're currently undergoing our like you know a miniature apocalypse species ending apocalypse yeah, yeah and we're still doing nothing um so yeah, we can kind of see we we can you know bring up some of the fears and some of the the thought processes behind it. Yeah, that's really cool. I um, I I watched the shit out of that. I'll tell you. What do you call it? Do you reckon? Yeah, Post apocalypse. Oh, that is very fucking good. Yes, that's what I'd call it. Mm. Uh, I was really worried there because I kind of hammered you for one of your names before, <laughs> and then <laughs> I had nothing when it came to me. <laughs> <laughs> and you bailed me out well yeah, I guess now you do get to be arrogant yeah I'm going to be like one of the zen guys <laughs> or better yet like when you're like the cripple that they left behind or something and you didn't want to be left behind and they had to or whatever <laughs> they decided they had to and now it's like <laughs> they come back yeah. oh fuck you'd be like oh, look you're carrying me everywhere I want to go from this point forward yeah yeah like I've already made you a backpack man yeah <laughs> It's, it's got padlocks. Better than that, it's you're going to bend over. We've got like this brace thing and it's going to work out. So basically like you're bent over and it looks like your legs are my legs. <laughs> <And you're just laughs> it looks like I'm just standing up. Uh, and you're just I was thinking of like, out. I was thinking of like the bicycles with two seats. I can't remember what they're called all of a sudden. Um, you know how like you both pedal at the same time and it all steers together. Um, oh yeah, th- a tandem bicycle tandem bicycle but yeah. I was thinking of a tandem toilet uh, <laughs> he like kind of squats down and there's another toilet behind him so the guy on his back can take a shit yeah that's um, good I feel like we're making a lot of jokes but I see this as a pretty pretty dark uh, drama yeah yeah um, I think it's that's uh, probably where it's destined yeah which probably means we're not the right people to make it no that's true but we came up with it so you know there's a few points yeah. on the back end for us there surely fucking hope so or yeah. a very juicy lawsuit for us later yeah um but, I mean, theoretically, it's something you could film, like a pilot at the very least. Yeah, no, um, for sure. And it's like, you know, if you wanted to be cheap and get the idea out there, you could kind of bottle a bunch of them. Like, you could do the different groups of people. It's it's pretty easy to, to uh, imply the the anti, the apocalypse or the anti-apocalypse. Um, yeah, so you, you get go away with like, a shitty house. Yeah, like really, like, going as, going as cheap as you have to and then... If it's entertaining enough, which I think most of it comes from the situations, uh, like the the character work, which so yeah. you could keep it entertaining, then you can just yeah, expand from there. So. All right, good call. Yeah. 
Nice. That's pretty good. I feel like we're, uh, it just feels like there's about, what, about 18 minutes of content that Jeremy would have pitched in here that we're kind of missing now. Content's uh, a bit generous, but sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, in any case, we're... This, we're is, this is what short. happens when you don't show up to podcasts, so we've set a precedent for ourselves as well. Yeah. I don't know, what have you been watching lately? <laughs> let's, let's chat about that. <laughs> Really yeah, what am I? What are we missing out on? I, I think uh, I started playing Battlefield Four recently, uh, so not watching because I'm very active when I'm murdering people. Was five uh, no good? Why is uh, everyone playing four? But so five? actually, I'm a bit went behind on Battlefields. Yeah, so it went four one five as of course. Yeah. Um, I think they've got the same guy naming them as the Fast and Furious uh, movies. Nice. And, Those are actually uh, numbered. Yeah, but they, are they? Yeah. Anyway, uh, you'd look it up. I'm pretty sure they're not. Yeah. Um, not all of them, though. Anyway, uh, Battlefield 5 and 1, they're, like, they're fine, um, but they're much more like grounded, I guess. Whereas Battlefield 4 is like, you know, fly your helicopter up to a fucking skyscraper and then jump out of it, land on the skyscraper, shoot a bunch of people, jump off the building, get back into your helicopter that's falling yeah, on the ground, right. then fly it. off and go do crazy shit. Yeah, and nice. like... Setting up suicide buggies by putting C4 on them and launching them at tanks. Right, um, this is all the stuff that was in the trailer for 6, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. for yeah. 2042. Yeah, yeah because um, that's kind of what people love Battlefield 4. Which for. makes sense. I, I, I haven't played much Battlefield, but I played quite a bit of 3 and Bad Company 2, and I do remember some yeah. crazy shit like that. That was a bit of fun. Yeah, so they were, they were very similar in that yeah. kind of vein. 4 is just sort of the better version of those. Right. Um, so yeah, Battlefield 4, just just loving it. And it still holds up, man. It's like eight years old and I, I fucking love that game so much. There's just so much to do and it's so satisfying in so many different roles. Like running around and shotgunning people is so much more satisfying in Battlefield because the maps are so open. So yeah. to get someone with a shotgun is like, <laughs> you really got to put the work in. Yeah, It yeah, is, yeah. Uh, but like getting shot by a helicopter 10 times only to pull out an RPG and like manage to like iron sight essentially shoot this thing down is so yeah. fucking amazing to, to do i love it every single time and anytime you feel like you're getting shit on you just change your loadout you change your class and you just figure out how to solve it and there's yeah. just this cool ebb and flow on every battlefield that i really love um so yeah i've been playing the shit out of that super excited for 2042 that's pretty cool how about you man what have you been um into? so i bought <laughs> i haven't played it yet i bought uh that pathfinder kingmaker game I've been looking for oh, something like, I think like that, something story rich, but it, fucking hell, I just, I know exactly how much time and energy it's going to take to learn, sink into it, and then it's like, it's all going to be reading fucking dialogue and like, trying to remember <laughs> shit, and I'm going to love, like, I fucking love that, that's, that's great, but I just don't have the fucking time, it's really depressing, I'm like, getting home from work, and I'm like, I need like half an hour just to fucking decompress, and and get ready to play anything. And then I've got mates wanting to play Dota, which is just so much of a, like, a quick, you know, half an hour, and it's cathartic, and we're just killing shit, and it's fun. Um, it's just, I'm finding it impossible to find the fucking time to, to get into anything like that. Um, it's definitely tough these days. And it's, yeah. It was, it was a lot easier when it was, like, a nice 3D environment that, like, drew you in a bit more. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I know Mass Effect especially is, like, really good at telling those short, like, story rich yeah it's much more like kind of in, episodically in you kind of, yeah you can get yeah. in and you can like get the entirety of a story that you're in at the moment you know whatever planet you're on whatever quest line you're in you get the entirety of it you experience it and then you can just and that's like the next 45 minutes time. yeah exactly yeah, yeah exactly 
Which made uh, it really easy yeah. to burn through all three of them, which was which was really great. Um, There's really not a lot of like AAA like really good story driven RPGs no. around recently. Like it's all action RPG open world. Somewhere not around loving. a decade ago, uh, all the money started going into multiplayer shit, and now you've got your not to be like that guy, but now you've got your you know your um your PUBG and your uh, like just your Battlefront and everything like that. <laughs> and that's where fast the money cars, is. Yeah, exactly. Cigarettes. Which I'm not trying to shit on the uh, on the genre, but it's like that's that just makes so much more money than spending the same amount of time on an RPG that people just want to buy once and like not talk to anybody for days in. Um, you know, it's like, what's what's yeah. the money return rate versus something where you're continuously buying, say, cosmetics and, and upgrades and that kind of shit. So Yeah, and I guess people want value. You know, people want like 400 hours out of their games. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so multiplayer gives you that opportunity. In an RPG yeah. these days. Um, that is true. What, what else is out there for cheap? Like, uh, is another like kind of easy comparison that probably too many people have made, but it's like how much did Among Us cost to make? And it's like how much fucking yeah, how much fucking money got pumped through that game? And I, like that's probably not even the best example because there was like fuck all microtransactions, but it's like Twitches were streaming <laughs> that for ages. Um, people are still watching videos on that. Yeah. So yeah, but uh, Tough to yeah, that was kind of sure. kind of a depressing tangent, I guess. But um, yeah, love it. I want to play that? Yeah. Oh, I played this. Uh, I played cultist simulator and this is also not a great one to bring Tell up because more. i still can't describe the game so it's a card game it's it's a it's a virtual like you know you buy it on steam but it's a yeah. card game and a good part of the game is just trying to understand what the fuck's going on and how to do it so any explaining of the game inherently ruins it so this is a horrible thing to bring up and i think but i but i think you should you know as people should go buy it should go play it it's pretty fun i've had a lot of, a lot of fun with it but I just can't tell you anything about it. <laughs> You're really understanding the whole podcast thing. Aren't yeah, you? yeah, I'm really Doing good at great. this. And I got into it because, and now I'm going on further tangents, I started watching this YouTuber called Mandalore Gaming, who I refused, it kept popping up in my suggested, and I refused for so long to fucking click it, because I was like, I'm not watching a guy called Mandalore Gaming, like some <laughs> cock with a the Star Wars reference that heavy-handed as his name. No. But then I finally clicked it, and he like he reviews games exactly how I want them reviewed. I have like I get I get the perfect idea of what this game is. He goes through it very very well. I can't I can't recommend him enough. Um, but he's recommended like Cult Cult Simulator and uh, and Pathfinder to me, so I'm I'm looking at those. So we'll see how we go. Yeah, okay. I'm try. Let us know on Pathfinder. I'd be yeah. I'd be interested. Yeah. I think I feel like I have to play Pillars of Eternity before I get into any other. Yeah, that's fair. So he also talked about Tyranny, and fantastic. that's that's why I think I messaged you a couple of days ago asking about it because you played that, didn't you? Yeah. Would you give me? A yeah, I really liked it. Yeah, you liked it. Yeah, it's it's about um like imagine if Sauron won the War of the Ring. Yeah. And now everyone works for him, except for like a couple of holdouts. And yeah. the game kind of starts with you being his emissary, heading to one of these holdouts and being like, shit's over, you're like, we're here. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of like your rise through the ranks, I guess. But you can also, it's like a CRPG, so there's like tons of choice. So you can kind of go against him if you want. You can like try and rally other like lieutenants of his faction to your side in order to overthrow him and become the evil overlord or become like a good guy all sorts of options like it's really really cool uh, really well written too love it yeah nice well, we'll see how we go because I might end up playing that one and I don't fucking know I'm looking for something I'm like I'm kind of wandering at the moment looking for something but I don't quite know what I'm looking for so 
check back with me next week, I guess, and see if I found something by then. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair then. Yeah. I uh, I guess we'll leave it at that, and uh, hopefully Carl will solve all our issues next week. Damn right. Thanks, guys. Thank you.